Last week, young mother, Lindsay Clancy, strangled all three of her young children and then jumped out of a second-story window. Eventually, all three of the children died, and Lindsay lived. She's now facing three counts of murder. But how did we get here? Is this another case of postpartum psychosis? In this episode, Katie and Christy share several instances of postpartum psychosis and talk a little more about the signs, the treatment, and where the U.S. is going wrong. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everybody and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Happy uh, Wednesday. Yes, <laughs> Wednesday already. What a what a week of heavy cases we have had. Ugh. Right. This has been a brutal week. It has. It really has. And this episode uh, is a standalone episode. There's not extra segments in this episode. Uh, we're we're sticking to one topic because, frankly, this topic stands alone. And the more we have researched this week, the more horrified we have become mm-hmm. in uh, the lack of coverage, treatment, and understanding of this topic. And so we're going to do our best to help shine at least some light on postpartum psychosis. Yes. Uh, because maybe it'll save a life down the road. Or then again, maybe it will help us to be a little more uh, informed and compassionate moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So where did we get here? Well, uh, there was yet another instance last week where a mother murdered all of her children. Yeah. This is different from a family annihilator where somebody kills everybody in the household. Uh, We're talking about mothers who have infants under one. Mm -hmm. And... We've all seen cases of them. We're going to share several today. Mm -hmm. But let's talk a little bit about Lindsay Clancy and what happened here. Uh, Lindsay Clancy was a nurse midwife, or is a nurse midwife. Uh, She's 32. She has a seven-month-old baby named Callan, or had. And this pregnancy, this uh, uh, postpartum period has been really hard on Lindsay. 
according to her own Facebook page, she had been suffering from postpartum anxiety and other postpartum uh, mental health struggles. According to a family friend, she has been attending a five-day-a-week inpatient, or sorry, outpatient uh, mental health program because she's been struggling so much. She's been on leave from her job. So that's some, uh, some insight into who Lindsay is. She's not a stranger to this topic in any right. way. And last week, her husband went out to pick up some food. He was just picking up a takeout order for their dinner. And when he got home, he was gone about 25 minutes. When he got home, Lindsay was lying outside of a second story window, or out of a window, and had experienced a second story uh, drop from a window. And he ran in the house and discovered that his children were unconscious. He called 911. Uh, as it turned out, the two older children uh, died at the hospital soon after the incident. Uh, they were a little bit older, not a lot older, but all little kids. Uh, the old, youngest, believe it or not, uh, so Cora is five and Dawson three. They both died at the hospital shortly after uh, uh, getting there. Seven-month-old Callan actually lived for a couple of days. Uh, lived at uh, Boston Children's Hospital and then eventually succumbed. Lindsay is injured, but uh, will survive, will recover, and is currently hospitalized. When she is released from the hospital, she's facing charges of murder, uh, assault with a deadly weapon, and a few other things associated with killing her children. Oh my God. In one fell swoop, this man found himself with all three of his children are dead. His wife is facing charges. She'll go to prison, undoubtedly. How? How? They were happy. They had an ideal, beautiful life. There's a GoFundMe uh, out there for them uh, that's nearing $1 million. They've received a lot of support. Um, in the GoFundMe, he writes the sweetest letter about all three of his children, uh, who they were, what, they, what kind of kids they were, who they were as humans. And a very sweet uh, note about his wife, asking people to understand that this isn't really her, that she's wonderful, that she loved her kids, that this is mental health speaking that caused this incident, and asking people to forgive her as he has. Well, it's very early in this process, um, but he's asking people not to grab your torches and pitchforks quite yet. Can we please try to understand what happened to Lindsay first? Sure. And he's right. We need to. I, I'll say I think it's a little bit terrifying that someone like Lindsay, who was a nurse midwife, she knew these things. Right. She knew well enough that she had herself in an outpatient program. And still, she still had access to her children. It's a huge mistake. Here's the problem with psychosis, any psychosis. When a yeah. person is psychotic, they don't know they are psychotic. That yeah. is the key issue. They don't know they're psychotic. To them, yeah. it's real. What's happening is real. And you cannot dissuade them from saying you're psychotic. No, it doesn't work like that. No. And in postpartum psychosis, as with other forms of psychosis, people can come in and out of psychosis pretty regularly. So there are times when they can mm -hmm. seem like they're totally fine. Yeah. 
why did she have access to her kids? Why was she alone with them? That's my question too. That's, That's my question too. I, <clears throat> especially because she knew. She well, knows all about postpartum psychosis in her job. But just knowing about it is not enough to be able to stop it when it happens to you. Because no. when it happens to you, in your mind, whatever your hallucination is or delusion is, it is yeah. as real as any other experience you've ever had. Yeah. So she had no way of knowing no. what was real and wasn't real in that moment. No. And unfortunately, um, the medical professionals that were treating her, well... Whose fault is this? We don't know. We don't know. Well, I think but, it's the fault of a system that doesn't get it. Yeah. That if someone is having this kind of psychosis, they should never have unsupervised uh, access, access yeah. to their children. Or be unsupervised in general. Right. Because their own death is also, you know, potentially An likely. An outpatient not. program is not where you treat something like this. No. No. It's inpatient always should be. I hope that if nothing else, what comes from this incident with Lindsay, uh, because it's gotten a lot of good attention, because her husband seems to be capable of uh, raising awareness, mm -hmm. that uh, it does help to raise awareness and, and just maybe starts to help change some laws and change some uh, treatments. And that's something we'll get to. It's something we really have to look at in the U.S., how this is being treated. So, uh, but before that, Let's let's tell a few stories. Let's hear a few more uh, instances where postpartum psychosis was present. Now we don't know for certain that psycho. It has not been professionally one hundred percent said that postpartum psychosis was Lindsay's problem. We're assuming it's it's a pretty good assumption, but uh, to be it, fair, yeah, it is. Yeah. So Christy, talk to mm -hmm. us about Lisa Ab Abramson. Yeah. So Lisa Abramson had her first child in 2014. Uh, her, her baby girl's name is Lucy. And um, she, right after her baby was born, instead of being exhausted and worn out and all of the new mother tiredness, what she went through was more like mania. She had all this energy and she was so excited and she couldn't believe it and she could do all this stuff. And in the midst of that, she basically stopped sleeping. And she, um, everything was going great, she thought. Mm -hmm. But then the baby started to lose some weight, mm -hmm. like some failure to thrive. And she's not sleeping, right? She's staying up. And then the doctor says, you need to feed her every two hours. Yeah. And she starts freaking out. Um, mm -hmm. You can start to see the psychosis, well, the, the paranoia that's part mm -hmm. of her psychosis start to kick in, that she's terrified that she's a bad mom. She's terrified that she's not feeding her daughter enough. So mm -hmm. she's just, she's not sleeping. And even when she could have a break and relax, she just couldn't, her body and her mind would not shut down. Mm -hmm. Um. She tried going, she tried doing some things to help her settle down. She tried going to a spin class because that's something that she's enjoyed in the past. But apparently she went in and the noise and the volume of the music and stuff was way overwhelmed. And she said she remembers that it felt like the walls were talking to her. Mm -hmm. So she goes back home and she sees police helicopters circling her apartment and there were snipers on the roof. 
and spy cams in her bedroom. And she felt like everyone was watching her and she started getting lots of weird messages from her phone. Yeah. She expected that the police were going to come and take her away as being mm -hmm. this terrible mother who couldn't take care of her daughter. Um, and then it kind of all went away and she thought that their nanny had been arrested in her place and she didn't think that was right. She told her husband that was wrong, that it wasn't the nanny that's the bad mother, it's her, and she's just going to go jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. And so her husband got her in the car, and at the time, she believed that her husband was taking her to the police to turn herself in. Yeah. And he, here's what he said. I'm bringing my wife to the hospital and then checking her into an inpatient unit. It was a really, really challenging day. Uh, so she didn't go to jail. She did go to a psychiatric ward in a hospital. And she had, by the time this incident occurred, she had not slept in like 40 hours. Oh, boy. And um, she said it was very terrifying to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she didn't speak for five days. She didn't say anything to anyone for five days. She was terrified. She did not. Because, you know, she's in and out of reality. She does not know right. what the hell is actually going on. No. So the doctors are, you know, and nurses are trying to tell her why she's there. And then her husband brought her a paper for her to read about postpartum psychosis. Mm -hmm. And she didn't believe it. She said, this is fake. She, she thought her husband was tricking her mm -hmm. and thought he had photoshopped this article together. Yeah. So she's still... You know, they're, yeah. they're still obviously in the hospital, not really getting what's going on with her. Yeah. Um, she said, she, she remembers saying, no, I've heard of postpartum depression, you know, but I've never heard of post, there's postpartum crazy. And when he first suggested this diagnosis to the, to the uh, psychiatrist, the husband, the psychiatrist didn't even know what postpartum psychosis was. My God. This was in 2014. Yeah. They ultimately ended up getting her out of that um, hospital and, to, and into a different hospital with a doctor that her husband found that specializes in postpartum psychosis and understands what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then she was able to get the help that she needed and they were able to treat it appropriately. But for yeah. the first week that she was in the hospital, she had no idea what was going wrong. They, they basically, they, they checked her in based on being suicidal, Yeah. but they didn't understand why she mm -hmm. wasn't being treated appropriately. They finally did find a doctor that knew what was going on and got her treated and, and she's okay. Mm -hmm. And she's hoping to have her second baby, which I honestly would be absolutely terrified to have another baby if that happened. Yeah. But having but it once is not a precursor for it having it again. It's true. And now they know, and she yeah. may even just be preemptively treated just in case. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the first psychiatrist to see her didn't have, didn't know what postpartum psychosis was. Yeah. That is terrifying to me. That is absolutely terrifying. Well, did you know that the first FDA approved med for postpartum depression was released in 2019? No, I didn't. It's specifically How? for postpartum depression. But wow. 2019? Yeah. 2019. This 
phenomena has been happening, postpartum depression, postpartum OCD, postpartum anxiety, postpartum psychosis, has been happening for a time immemorial across oh, yeah. the globe. And in the United States, it has taken us until 2019 to approve a drug. And the drug is cumbersome. It is a 60-hour infusion. What? You have to be hospitalized. Holy shit. And supervised for, obviously, all of that time because you could have a bad reaction to it at any time. And then you have to be supervised for a period after that. In other words, you're really not safe to be around your children for a while after you've had no. the med. It's a start. It's something. But how the hell is is that where we are? Because it's women's health care. Yep. I mean, let's just be honest. It's women's health care and the mm -hmm. U.S. sucks at women's health care and has put much less money and time and research into understanding women's bodies. Well, the maternal mortality rate in the U.S. is frightening. It is. For a it developed is. country that calls themselves the best health care system in the world. What a it joke. complete bullshit. Uh, yeah. Women's health does not get the attention that it deserves. I mean, no. it's unreal. Well, and this is not just, you know, cut and dried, treat psychosis or treat depression. It's different because it's caused right. by different problems in the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about Carol Coronado. Carol Coronado lived in California. And she well, killed her children. Mm. The day it happened... Her husband, Rudy, had been outside working on a car. <coughs> and he came in the house and he said that she was acting kind of weird, just kind of different. They had a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a three-month-old. Oh, God. Three little girls. And so Carol had a lot on her plate. And... She was usually really precise and meticulous. She had been in the military. She had a spreadsheet that mapped all of the daily activities of all three of the girls. Oh, all wow. of their feedings, bottles, breastfeedings, diaper changes, how much they slept, when they slept. Everything was documented every day. This is how she kept herself very organized. Well, on May 20th, 2014, it was all different. She was very disheveled. She seemed kind of uh, confused. He said she woke up in a panic. Later, they discovered that she had been calling her mother over and over again. Her mom was a bus driver and didn't receive those calls until later. Mm -hmm. uh, leaving messages like, Mommy, please call me. Please, please, please. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. Mm. Uh, she cried and rambled until the voicemail system cut her off four times in a row. Oh, no. Finally, she called one last time a sixth message that said, Mom, please call me. I love you. Bye. By the afternoon, she wasn't saying anything. Rudy came in after working on his truck, and Sophia was running around without a diaper on. There was poop on the carpet, poop on the walls, poop all over Sophia, and Carol was laying on the bed. He said her eyes were blank. Like black. Mm. Black. Uh, and Rudy did some really regrettable things. And, and he knows that. Mm. 
He said to her, Carol, to what extreme is this going to get to? And then he went back outside. And he didn't check the baby. He didn't check on anyone. He didn't help her. He didn't put a diaper on that little one and clean her up. He didn't do anything. I wonder how often that was the case. But her mother came over after she got off work, after receiving all of these messages, and went in the house and ran back out screaming. She and Rudy went back in the house. All three of the girls were dead. Carol had taken a knife from the kitchen, stabbed them each in the throat, and then through the heart, and laid them on the bed in order from youngest to oldest. He said to Carol, what did you do? And she looked at him and said, told him she loved him, and then she put the knife in her own chest. Jesus. She did not die. She was taken to the hospital, and she was actually saved. She was, of course, tried. The defense had multiple psychiatrists that uh, testified on her behalf about uh, postpartum psychosis, and the judge set aside that testimony as being irrelevant to this case. Carol could not remember anything about it. In fact, she couldn't remember up to about a week before it happened. Once they kind of got her stabilized and medicated, she couldn't remember any of it. Oh, my God. And that was actually part of what killed her defense because she couldn't tell you why she did what she did because she had no idea that she did what she did. Which is psychosis. That's what happens. Yeah. Holy shit. The prosecutor really leveraged that against her, that she's, she's, she's not even sorry. She won't even take any responsibility for what she did. She's not even sorry. Uh, because she didn't know what she did. Uh, the way her case was treated is absolutely appalling. Yeah. Absolutely appalling. Um, <clears throat> she, of course, was uh, convicted and is in prison forever. And... Mm. When they first put her in the hospital and treated her, she was, and then uh, took into jail, she was on suicide watch for 21 months. Again, so confused about what happened and why and and how, because this isn't a mother that wanted to kill her children. Right. The, uh, The prosecution claimed that she, her husband was a jerk and wasn't helping her. And she had, she was sick of his shit and killed the kids to get back at him. That was his. Uh... It's more of that vapid, petty woman crap that mm-hmm. we see, like women that go missing. And the immediate yeah. thought is, well, she just got tired and walked away from her life because, yeah. you know, who does you know, who does that? Men, not women. Yep. There are men yeah. who do that, but generally it is not women who do that. It's not women. Yep. Yep. Mm. She also was unable to use an insanity plea because she would have had to prove that she didn't know what she was doing was wrong but because she couldn't prove that she knew what she did at all they wouldn't allow a psychot or an insanity plea what the hell is the matter with this judge Mm -hmm. i mean literally that is a very common situation in psychosis Mm -hmm. is that you don't remember what you did and sometimes people don't ever remember what they did yep that is insanity yep 
So eventually the judge, it was a bench trial, and eventually the judge said that he did believe she suffered from mental illness, but the law is the law. So he put her in prison for three consecutive life sentences and told her if she needed mental health treatment, they'd try to have to get some of that for her in prison. And that's Carol's life now. This was in 2016. So she's in prison for the rest of her life, and Rudy has not has his children any longer uh, or his wife. I, it's, it's all so appalling and shocking and sad and yet uh, maybe preventable. And that's, that's why we just, this conversation needs to happen a lot. Absolutely, it does. So, Christy, you have uh, another case, uh, Laura from the UK. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a big difference between the US and the UK. So Laura was 31. Um, This all happened very shortly after having a baby. She. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, she started having some bad dreams. She thinks now maybe they were actually hallucinations, but at the time she thought she was having nightmares. The first one was about her, her baby, Olivia, being molested and, and um, physically abused. She had that dream three times. Mm-hmm. And then she got to where she didn't want to go to sleep because she was really scared about it. So and you see, you're going to find that lack of sleep is a huge um, thread amongst these yeah. stories. Yeah. So um, she couldn't sleep. She didn't dare sleep. She also was feeling really resentful of her husband because he was just going to bed like everything was normal. Mm-hmm. And she started feeling really resentful of him and started getting a little bit aggressive with him. Mm-hmm. So she had been, she was up for several days. She'd been, again, mania. And this is something I think is really important for people to understand is that often mania is a precursor to psychosis. Mm-hmm. And so seeing manic behavior in, in a new mom is a big concern. She stayed up for a couple of days cleaning. And um, they were going, she and her husband and the baby were in a, in their car, driving to a friend's house for lunch. And she had a hallucination while she was driving. And she had this hallucination that somebody was trying to kill them. And so she decided she'd rather that they just die together. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to do that was to just end it all of it, all of them together. And so she accelerated toward a, like a brick wall. She Mm -hmm. was just going to slam the car into it. Her husband 
got uh, somehow got got a hold of her and got her veered it out of the way and got mm-hmm. the car stopped. He jumped out and got the baby out of the car and she took off in the car. And then she 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 said that she remembers thinking if I die then I can just wait for them. Yep. She also remembers hearing a voice in her head say what if it's not real? What if you just need sleep? Mm-hmm. And so she drove back to her husband and he took her to A&E, which is the emergency department in the UK. Mm-hmm. And she spent six weeks in a facility being treated. Yeah. And she immediately got the help that she needed. Yep. She was immediately um, diagnosed correctly. Um, in the UK, there are these mother and baby hospitals where she yeah. could go be in the hospital, be receiving mm-hmm. the mental health treatment that she needed while also nursing her baby and caring for her baby with supervision. Mm-hmm. And then the baby was taken to a nursery overnight so that she could sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, she also was very closely monitored after her six weeks in that hospital. Mm-hmm. And she wants to have another baby. Mm-hmm. And so she's being monitored, you know, she will be continuously monitored in case it ever comes back. And so mm-hmm. that's how it should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in that case, no one was injured, fortunately, mm-hmm. but her husband recognized what was happening, mm-hmm. um, got her the help she needed and the help that she needed actually existed. Yes. Like there that's are, the difference. what did I read? 21 mother and baby hospitals in the UK mm-hmm. where women can actually go in and, and still care for their baby yep. and get the care that they need um, at the same time while, yeah. while being supervised so that their children are safe. It's, mm-hmm. But for and her, is due it was to, definitely, yeah, you know. Yeah. That's due to a law that England passed called the Infanticide Act of England because they have recognized that in cases, and this is a very big difference between England or the UK and the US, in the UK, if a mother kills their child under age one, the first assumption is that we have a case of postpartum psychosis. The first Mm -hmm. assumption. Now, if extenuating circumstances exist, those will be uh, identified as well, but that's their first assumption is that mom has something serious going wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, So different than the U.S. And then, of course, that person receives treatment and hospitalization. Right. It's not criminalized. Usually not prison. Yeah. Usually not prison. Big differences. Some of the cases that we've covered in the past uh, on this topic, Andrea Yates. Mm -hmm. Andrea Yates, of course, uh, drowned all five of her children. Yeah. And... Also laid them out on the bed, lined up by age, Mm -hmm. and called her husband and told him he needed to come home and called the police and told them she had just killed all of her children. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrea Yates uh, lives in a psychiatric facility and every year uh, can at this point, she's basically served her time, every year now she has an opportunity that she could apply for release and every year she declines it. There is a Yates uh, fund for postpartum psychosis that she makes uh, crafts and sells anonymously 
to help fund. That's Mm. what she does with her time. She doesn't want to be released from the hospital. She doesn't feel like she deserves to be released from the hospital and she really has nowhere to go. So I would imagine she's terrified that she might kill somebody. I'll bet she is. Yeah. Yep. So that is her life now. Uh, Not too long ago, we covered the case of Catherine Hoggle. Catherine Hoggle is a woman who I believe 12, 13 years ago Mm -hmm. um, also was struggling, uh, suffering from postpartum psychosis. Uh, At the time, she was, uh, the family believed she wasn't safe to be home alone with her children. And uh, loosely, as the story goes, her husband would take her and the kids to her mother's house every day while he was at work. Because, you know, you've got dads that are trying to hold their families together and pay their bills and and, right. and do what they can. And so, of course, he was going to work and taking her to her mother's house to be supervised with the kids during the day. And she managed to hoodwink the stepdad and one at a time took the kids out of the house and vanished them. No one yeah. still knows where those kids went. Yeah. Uh, she lived in a state psychiatric hospital, uh, g- receiving treatment and trying to get spiffed up to be taken to court to be tried on those kids' disappearances for, I believe, 12 years. Until just this last December, the state had no choice but to drop all charges against her because the law in their state is you only have so much time to right. get somebody uh, able to come to court. Uh, And if you don't, you have to drop the charges. They did have to drop the charges. The judge remanded her to a mental health facility and said that uh, she will stay there forever until she uh, Mm -hmm. either does manage to uh, become fit to be recharged. Since she wasn't tried, they could recharge her at any point. Right. But the really sad part of that case, I mean, it's all a sad part of that case, but uh, one of the saddest things is that there is no closure for dad. They're, they don't have a clue what happened to those kids. Yeah. Yeah. He he's never been able to bury his children or know what happened to them. No. And, and it's our best assumption that she also does not know what happened to those kids. Right. I, I think it's very likely that she doesn't, you know. Sometimes people do not remember at all, and sometimes they do. And I think that is part of what the legal system struggles with, but that's mental health for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes people remember and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Psychosis doesn't always look the same in every person. No, no. But that's, I mean, this was a family struggling, trying, knew something was wrong, Mm -hmm. trying to do something about it, you know. Right. But right. we do not have the resources that people need in this situation. Right. And why is that? Because of yeah. insurance. Right. Because insurance doesn't want to have to pay for you to be in the hospital long term. Right. They're definitely not going to pay for your child to be in the hospital with you long term. Right. So we do outpatient stuff like what happened with Lindsay Clancy. Yeah. So we we try things that aren't working, yeah. and it puts mothers' lives at risk. It puts countless children's lives at risk. We need reform in this terribly. We do. Terribly. We do. Because often the woman still needs contact with her child. Yeah. It's not good for the baby to just lose all contact with its mother when they're, when they're brand new. And mm-hmm. if she's breastfeeding, like... 
she needs to be with her child in a supervised way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, insurance won't pay for um, the baby to stay in a psychiatric hospital with mom. Yep. And a lot of psych, most psychiatric hospitals do not allow anyone under the age of 18 to visit. Yeah. So a lot of the cases that we've been reading about of women who did end up getting hospitalized were very anxious to leave because they couldn't have any access to their babies or their children. There is one hospital in Illinois that is providing better postpartum psychosis care and, and all kinds of postpartum mental health issues. And they allow children to visit during the day. And so they do have much more access. Um, It's still not a full-time living arrangement, but they at least have that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're the ones that are saying it's because of insurance. We can't pay for a nursery for these babies without insurance paying for it. They won't. Who's going to pay for it? Yeah. But they at least have that. But that hospital in Illinois is the only one of its kind in the entire United States. That's unfucking believable. Mm-hmm. The UK has 21. And you know, the UK is just a little place compared to the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So those are the bigger issues, some of them. Or the other one is the very real risk of losing your children to CPS. Right. Uh, we've read about lots of cases where women did lose their children to CPS because of these issues without receiving the proper care or or even just the recognition that this is what was happening with them. Mm-hmm. We also know that, um, you know, that, and that is one of the factors why mothers and fathers sometimes try to brush these things under the rug because they don't want to risk losing their kids. Unfortunately, the frightening risk is losing their kids altogether to a murder, which is horrifying. But let's talk about some of the statistics. If you made it this far, thank you. Mm -hmm. I hope you have. I do too. This is really important. And and if nothing else, if we can at least all understand it ourselves, we can help other people, help other people to know what to do and to the, you know, the signs and, you know, what to, what to look for. Yep. So the onset of postpartum psychosis, um, is acute. It's within two weeks postpartum, but as early as one day, but can happen up to one year. And that's one of the things we're seeing in a lot of these is they're not hitting these mothers till their their babies are seven or eight months old. And I think they think that they're out of the window for postpartum depression, and, and they may be, but they're really not out of the window because your body is still trying to recover hormonally and physically. And then all of these other emotional factors take part. Mm -hmm. Some of the cognitive uh, symptoms could be poor concentration, delirium-like impaired sensorium orientation. Behavioral uh, factors could be being agitated, hyperactive, emotionally distant, cold, perplexed. Mood swings, major mood swings, Mm -hmm. being elated, dysphoric, depressed. The affect could be flat or incongruent, speech, rambling, sleep, insomnia. The thought content is really interesting. Thought uh, content uh, a lot of times is really uh, disorganized. 
worry of being persecuted or being controlled, worry about infant being harmed or killed. Uh, a lot of uh, talking about, thinking about things that don't make sense. The disorganized thought process seems to be really, really prevalent. Mm -hmm. Hallucinations. The risk of suicide in postpartum psychosis is about 5%. The risk of infanticide is 4%. Mm -hmm. So to break that down, one in every, or one to two in every 1,000 women will suffer some level of postpartum psychosis. And then 5% of those might kill themselves, 4% might kill their children. It is very rare, mm -hmm. but not so rare that it shouldn't be treated. Right. Be screened for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And be watched in family members and stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. So according to the Mayo Clinic, again, some of the signs and symptoms, hallucinations and delusions, confusion and disorientation, paranoia, attempts to harm self and or the baby, the risk for postpartum psychosis is higher for women with bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. which is important to know, or schizophrenia. Yeah. All right. Some treatments, according to the Mayo Clinic. Uh, it must be immediate and often done in a hospital. And according to the Mayo Clinic, when safety is assured, a combination of medications, including antidepressants, antipsychotic medications, and mood stabilizers may be used to control signs and symptoms. So treatment is possible. Right. But again, it needs to be impatient. It needs to be away from the kids, uh, at least probably initially, and then only supervise contact with the children. Right. Until mom is really ready to be back on her feet. Yeah. Well, and even, even after a hospital stay, still supervision for a while. Yeah. You know, you want to be 100% sure that that person is ready yeah. to be alone with their children. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you can see how expensive treatment yes. is, which mm -hmm. is exactly why there isn't any in the U.S. Yep. But it, would it have been worth the lives of the Clancy kids? Sure would have. The Yates kids? Yeah. All of the other kids? Would it All have been the worth kids? their lives? Yeah, yeah, it would have. It would have. So what do you do? Well... Right now, this is the call to action for all of us mm -hmm. to talk about this more, to offer education and support, to educate ourselves. Mm -hmm. Share these articles. Talk about it with your circles of friends. Talk about it with people that are pregnant and their spouses. Can you imagine, any of you that have had a baby, you know, you go to the Lamaze classes, right? And, or I don't know if they call it Lamaze anymore, but you know, that you go to the pregnancy and birth support classes. They talk to you about not shaking the baby until you are blue in the face, right? The mm -hmm. conversations about not shaking the baby go on for like an entire class period. Everybody knows don't shake the baby. Now, do people shake the baby? They still do, unfortunately. Yeah. Did they just not have the class or did they just not have any class? Maybe both. We don't know. Mm. However, I attended these classes three times. Never once. They talked to us about the baby blues. Right. Remember that frame? The baby blues. Mm -hmm. That is a really shitty way to soften yeah. 
postpartum depression. Now, right. postpartum depression is characterized by a persistent low mood, sometimes psychotic symptoms, mm -hmm. uh, but usually not. Can be treated with psychotherapy and medication, is relatively common, affects more than 17% of the world. Mm -hmm. I had postpartum depression with my first baby. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, which of course, uh, postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis are not the same. Right. Having postpartum depression and then developing postpartum is having postpartum depression is not a precursor to postpartum psychosis. Right. Some women who had postpartum depression do develop postpartum psychosis, but not all. So you can't, right. it's, it's not, a, not a precursor. Yeah. But uh, again, we talk about the baby blues. Oh, it's just the baby blues. You'll feel better. Well, I, you may not. I had to have Paxil to feel better. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, with my second two babies, I told the OB before they were born, I don't want to go through that. Can I start treatment now? And my OB, I had a different OB for the second two. And he said, he was a brilliant man. He's passed, but he was an amazing doctor. But he had told me, he said, I think the postpartum depression is caused because most of the estrogen in your body gets soaked up by the placenta. It's like a sponge. Mm -hmm. When the placenta is born, it strips your body of estrogen and really messes up your body. And he said, I think that's what causes postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. So with my second baby, he started me on Premarin the day the baby was born. I didn't have postpartum depression. Was it the Premarin or did I just not have postpartum depression with the second baby? Right. We don't uh, third baby, we did the same, and, and I had the same outcome. But again, we don't know because postpartum mental health issues don't always happen every time. Right. So we don't know. But, but uh, looking at looking at preventatives like that, are there things that can be done to prevent this? And if a woman already has a mental illness, being very aware of the potential, they're more likely to have postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis. Mm -hmm. And but the prevention aspect of it, I think <laughs> your doctor, that was very smart. Like, mm -hmm. is it is it that there needs to be a hormone supplementation short term? Or right. I mean, we need so much more research to understand right. what the well, hell and, and is he going on. And he offered Paxil. He said, if mm -hmm. you still want Paxil, you can have that too. But um, let's see how you do. I did great. I was fine. Mm -hmm. I think I took Premarin for like 30 days with both of them. And that was all I needed. But again, yeah, prevention. What if we just knew enough that we, most women didn't have to go down this road? Right. Because the stats we're sharing with you, what we know, this is very cursory. This is because there isn't oh, yeah. very much research. There isn't a lot of advocacy. There's a few advocacy groups because of women who've gone through it and families that mm -hmm. have gone through it and, and dads who lost their whole family and their wife to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's advocacy, but not enough. No. Not anywhere near enough. Well, and, and we do need family members and spouses to better understand it because when you're psychotic, you don't know you're right. psychotic. Yeah. You can't be the one who says, I need to go to the hospital because you don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. You need people around you that go, something is wrong here. Like, mm -hmm. like the woman I talked about who believed that her husband was driving her to the police station to be arrested and he was mm -hmm. taking her to a psychiatric hospital to be admitted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need for people to understand it so that if you see it going on with someone, you get them help immediately. Immediately. And you don't wait to see if it's a one and done. You don't no. wait to see if maybe this will pass. No, it won't pass. 
It won't well, pass. And it might pass and then come right back because that's right. what's happening with quite a mm-hmm. few women is that it, yeah. it comes and goes. Yep. Yep. So you can't just hope it will or assume it will. You can't. You could literally be saving her life or the lives of her children. Here's the thing. This is one of those times where, A, if you see something, say something. Always. B, don't shut up about it. If this is your sister or your friend or your Mm -hmm. neighbor or someone you know that is showing symptoms like this that has a baby under one, you don't shut the hell up about it until treatment arrives. You have to be persistent. It's just such a hard and terrible situation for everyone involved. But wouldn't you rather be wrong at the end of the day than have a house full of dead children? Right. I mean, wouldn't you rather be wrong? Wouldn't you rather piss somebody off than the alternative? We're too polite sometimes about stuff like this. Way but too on the flip side, our justice system needs to do a better job. Yeah. A much better job. Yeah. I hope that if nothing else, this episode and these uh, cases that we've seen as of late help our society to start understanding what's happening yeah. rather than just immediately jumping into demonizing mothers. Yeah. Demonizing mothers that they just, uh, yes, resentful. Mad at dad because he didn't help clean up the poopy diaper, so she just stabbed all of her children. You know, these That's kinds just of not stupid, real. That's people stupid don't. Things. Mothers don't kill their children because they're mad at the children's dad, no. unless they are seriously mentally ill. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's what we've got. Did I miss yeah. anything? No, I think that's it. For that. So please. Share this episode if you're drawn, or at least find some info. We have a lot of links that we'll be sharing in the uh, case info of this show. You're welcome to read them all. I hope you do. And just continue to keep this topic um, on your mind. And as you see any advocacy come through, that you absolutely support it. And that we all just keep starting to push for something better here. These well, kids and, and deserve it. These moms find deserve out it. What are the resources in your community? Do your local hospitals offer anything? You know, like educate yourself. So at least, you know, Mm -hmm. so that you could make this recommendation for someone else if they need it. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Well, this is Wednesday. So we're going to be back tonight for case updates at seven. A lot going on, particularly, uh, you know, Alec Murdoch. Oh, yeah. Yikes. And others. So uh, we do. Oh, the West family. Oh, boy. There's a lot going on. There's plenty to share. So we'll be back with all of it. But thank you so much for being here. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.